everyone. Welcome to the Laying Foundation Podcast. This is your co-host, Davis Hambrick. Joining alongside me today is Walker Lott. What's up, Walker? What up, Davis? How's your day going? Good, man. What about you? You've been man, driving pretty good. some windshield time. A lot of windshield time. Glad to be back. Ran in the house and, and then literally jumped on the podcast. Uh, but it's all good, man. That's what you got to do. You know, today we had a super awesome guest. Uh, I mean, seriously, he's 25. He's our age. And he's already done uh, an incredible amount. You know, his name is Joshua Ferrari. Uh, some of you might have heard of him. He's he's heavily into LinkedIn, uh, heavily into a lot of different social. But Josh is a aircraft technician. Uh, he is a husband. He's a father. Uh, he's a lover of Jesus. And he's also a real estate investor and syndicator. And so he kind of does all these uh, at once, as it seems, and somehow finds time to do it. Uh, but today, just had a, a ton of value, as we'll talk about later. Uh, he get, added a ton of value to us and just being able to come on the show and share his story and share just a little bit of snippets and the wisdom that he's learned over the course of his life and just working with people and doing these deals. So it's super cool to see someone so driven uh, and just willing to go out there and do it. And as Davis and I, we talked about, talked about that before, you know, a lot of different people have dreams and goals, but the only thing that separates everyone is just the ability to take action. And that's exactly what Josh has done. Davis, what did you think? Man, I thought it was a great talk. I loved how uh, he went into detail about, you know, how do you find a partner? What's it like having relationships? Uh, I just loved how he went into detail and kind of went through step by step instead of it just being like, the generic answer, which I know is really easy to do, is just get started. Like we talk about it all the time. And it's like, if you are able to help people and you share your story, which is why I love this medium, you share your story and let someone else relate to it. That's how they start and they're able to grow. So I just appreciate his time they gave us. 100%. Guys, we are super excited for you to get to hear this. Uh, and we hope that it adds value to you as well, as much as it added value to us. So without further ado, Joshua Ferrari. Hey guys, this is Walker and Davis from the Lang Foundations podcast. We're super excited to tell you about an event we have coming up next month at Clemson University. We're hosting an, an event at Clemson University in the Hendricks Student Center. We're going to have four of the top industry change makers leading this discussion. Walker and I are going to be moderating the panel. We're going to be talking about the current state of construction and how we're going to equip you, the next generation of builders, to lead this construction industry. If you want to learn more about the event, click the show notes below to sign up and register. Or as always, you can reach out to us at contact at laying, L-A-Y-I-N-G dash foundations.com. Josh, welcome to the show. Super pumped to have you on. Uh, we've been looking forward to this one for a while just to get you know, get to know you a little bit. Uh, but just to begin with, who are you? What do you do? And where are you from? Who am I? I am Josh Ferrari. What do I do? I am... I guess I'll say, where am I from? Because so where am I from? I'm from Mobile, Mobile, Alabama. That's where I'm at currently. And then what do I do? There's a lot of what I do. Uh, so aircraft technician is my day job. Then I am a multifamily syndicator, you know, business owner, uh, investor uh, as my business that I that I've created. And then I'm also a multifamily uh, coach, mentor. Uh, started my own mastermind uh, about two or three months ago. Uh, and I am a drummer. So I've been drumming for the last 15 years, favorite genre of music. You guessed it, heavy metal. Uh, <laughs> I love the complexity of the genre uh, and the difficulty that it is to be able to play that. Uh, the next thing that I do or that I am, I guess, is a uh, Christian. So very faith-based 
in a lot of what I do um, or everything that I do. And then let's see, what's another thing? Um, I think that's it. Oh, a husband and father. Can't, Can't forget, forget that one. There you go. <laughs> Finish it out with the best two. So, Josh, it's pretty cool. I didn't know that you still were a plane technician. So tell us about how you got into that and then how you worked into working through in real estate. Yeah, I got into, I've always loved aviation. I've loved aviation since I was zero years old, right? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't know when I actually started loving it, but I feel like my entire life, I've just had a passion for it. And yeah. for the longest time, I wanted to be a fighter pilot in the Navy. So my dad is in the Navy for 30 years, so I knew Navy was what I wanted to do. I also thought the car- flight flying off the carriers was going to be really cool. Yeah. Uh, so fighter pilot, I was all about it, right? And I it was all about it all the way up until a month before I was supposed to start college. I was really? accepted to become a mechanical engineer at University of Memphis, where I'm, uh, I'm initially from. I was uh, accepted in to be into the ROTC program, where I was going to graduate college as an officer and then... Uh, then go straight into becoming a pilot in the Navy. And I was ready to go, right? Everything was lined up. Everything was paid for. It was going to be great. And then a month before I started, I was like, nope, don't want to do it. And it was because over the course of that summer, I honestly wasn't actually dating anyone. Didn't have a girlfriend. Just knew. There was just something in me that knew I wanted to be a family man. Mm-hmm. always wanted to be a family man. So I'm like, if I join the military, I'm gonna be gone for so many months out of the year, six, nine, 12 months. I'm not really going to get to see my kids. I'm not going to get to see my wife. Mm-hmm. That's not really the lifestyle that I want. This was long before I even knew that real estate was going to be a thing, right? I just right. thought I was going to be working a W2 my whole life, but I still knew I wanted to be a family man. So I said, nope, not doing that. I'm instead going to try to become a pilot because I thought I still wanted to be a pilot. Uh, I'll become a commercial pilot. So I've got two uncles that are commercial pilots and they're both gone two or three weeks out of the month and hardly, still hardly ever see their family. One of them has been divorced like four times. And I'm like, nope, don't want that to be my life either. Let's switch and I'll just fix planes, right? At least I can come home every day. So that was the primary reason that I kind of targeted the technician side of aviation. But then I ended up going to A&P school, fell in love with the concept of one aviation because I always loved aviation, but two, just fixing things. And the funny thing is I've never actually changed my own oil, never like never fixed a flat, never did anything mechanical whatsoever my entire life. And so getting to becoming an aircraft tech seemed like such a daunting task. I'm sure. But it's yeah. almost become somewhat of you know secondhand nature at this point. Uh, so got into the aviation field and then thought that that was going to be, you know, my longstanding journey. Next 40, 50, 60 years, I'm going to be in aviation, do my do my time in Southern Alabama at this little heavy, heavy maintenance MRO repair station where it's basically a sweatshop. That's what most people call it because you hardly get paid anything, but the experience is phenomenal. So I was going to then take that experience and go work for a larger company that uh, was a little less rigorous, a little less strenuous, but also paid much better. Um, And then six months into my journey, moving and getting married and coming back from the honeymoon and thinking I've got my life figured out and started and everything's great. My dad's like, hey, look, January of 2018, he calls me and says, your mom and I are getting ready to start flipping houses. Hmm. And that just threw my whole world in a in a spin. And for a good, like, in a good way. But just, it was as soon as he said that, right? I was extremely intrigued in why that was. I had so many questions. 
And ultimately that was the conversation that's the brought me now to where I am today. Man, that's super cool. It was, what's awesome to me uh, is because, you know, Davis and I both love Jesus as well. And, and, and our faith is really cool to see over time, just how everything was molded in your life. And so looking back, you kind of see like just doors that slam shut and obstacles in your way. And as you keep on going and, and Davis and I literally had a conversation about this yesterday, yeah. but as you, as you look back in on your life, you just see like the incredible uh, just goodness of the Lord and how your plans were taken from what you, what you wanted to do, uh, but not what you, what you were supposed to do and what you needed to do and what, the Lord wanted you to do. Uh, and it, it's super cool to see because, you know, there's a lot of things in my life that looking back that I'm super glad I did not do. I'm super glad that that door slammed shut and I am where I am today. So, you know, you got to this point in your life where you're like, I am curious about real estate. I don't really know what it is. You know, what was that? What was that jump like going from, you know, being an aircraft technician and not knowing anything about the real estate industry and taking that first leap of faith saying, I'm going to start investing. You know, th this is, this is what I want to do. Kind of walk us through that. I mean, my journey into the investment space is one that is very not, it's not, it wasn't a slow, oh, I take it, but it was slow, right? It was slow to me. I felt like it was taking forever. But I guess what I'm trying to say is I, I am very like jump in head first. I'm not like, let's just ease our way into this and see what it's all. No, like we're all or nothing around here. So uh, I immediately was like, hey, dad, you obviously have done a little bit of research on this while we're on the phone. What <laughs> book should I read? What podcast should I listen to? Where, where do I, what do I need to do to learn more about what it is that you're learning? Because he was actually spending a large lump of money to join like a mastermind that was going to teach him the ins and outs of flipping. And I'm like, watch, we just, we just got it back from the honeymoon and the wedding right. dad, I'm broke, right. right? I don't have any money. So I can't do anything yeah. like that, but I'm definitely, definitely want to learn some more. So I, naturally he told me to read rich dad, poor dad. And then I read cash flow uh, quadrant after that, yep. I probably read 40 books the first year in my, my journey. Wow. I listened to so many different podcasts. My sister actually was also getting into the business with my parents and she told me about bigger pockets and so I was like, you got to check that out. Started listening yep. to Bigger Pockets podcast, getting active on the forums, and actually was going, started going to four different local real estate investor meetups, which was all the ones that were in my area. That's awesome. Uh, just trying to soak everything up like a sponge, learn as much as I could, and figure out what it is I wanted to do in the business. Because I, I just knew, somehow I just knew there was something for me. I just didn't know what yeah. it was. Right. Uh, so going to the local real estate meetups, one of the main speakers, one of the head guys that runs one of them. He gave out this free or, you know, free uh, wholesaling course if you signed up that night. Uh, and I was, and he always kept blasting out every time I went to the meetup that he recommended anyone getting started out in the business, start out in wholesaling. You know, it was low risk. You can get some experience, get some money. And I was like, you know what? Sure, whatever. I just need to start somewhere. So let's sign up. Let's get the wholesaling course. Let's go through that. And let's see what this is all about. So my wife and I started wholesaling or tried wholesaling for about six months. Six months goes by, we spend a couple thousand dollars on marketing, go through the entire course, learn what I felt like was a lot, uh, and then don't close a single deal. So we could have kept going, we could have kept trying, but we realized, eh, I don't really want to build a business around that anyway. 
I don't want to build a business around wholesaling because I don't want to go from one job to the next. And so we pivoted and we're like, we want the benefits of owning real estate anyway. We want the passive income. So let's buy something. We're like, okay, well, how are we going to buy something, rent it out and have a mortgage of our own or like rent of our own? It's like, we're not. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that was when I stumbled upon the concept of house hacking from bigger pockets. And I was like, well, okay, we can do that. So we bought a fourplex about seven to eight months into our journey. We bought a fourplex, most dilapidated house in the nicest area. I thought that was going to be a good thing. Everyone told me it was going to be a good thing because you could add the most value, make the most money, make it look all beautiful. It's going to be great, right? No, it wasn't great. Uh, two and a half years later, we finally sold it and lost $60,000. Oh, so man. over the course of that journey, my wife and I really realized what we didn't want, right? Over the course of that, we realized, okay, I don't want to do single family. I don't want to do small multis. I don't want to manage my own properties. I don't want to do my own work. I ended up doing about 80% of the work myself for that deal. And not because I wanted to, but because I had to, because of the 203K FHA Mm -hmm. loan we got on it. And it was a paperwork nightmare, finding your first contractor and getting your second contractor. And it was just this big, big, deal right after we had finished everything after all the renovations were done and we thought we were actually going to start to become a little bit cash flowing and at least break even which we hadn't done in like a year and a half going through the process Uh, i'm all excited about it and then that happens for roughly about six months some trouble tenants you know here and there uh and then two hurricanes blow through mobile first time hurricanes have blown through in 16 years and of course it happens right as I've got a piece of property that is finished. <laughs> and so it just, just destroys the roof on the back side of the house and come to find out there was a whole section on the back of this fourplex that had been added on after the fact. And I didn't know that. How was I supposed to know that? No inspector found it. Um, and so the insurance company said, well, you're going to have to replace and or repair the entire structural integrity of this backside, like half of the roof before we'll actually pay you to replace the damage that was done to the roof because the damage from the storm isn't what caused this big issue. It was the fact that it wasn't structurally sound. Mm. Uh, So naturally that is 50,000 plus dollars just to fix that and get the roof replaced. I didn't have a dime to my name at that point. So Mm. we had to sell at a deep discount, which is how we lost 60 grand on the, on the deal. Uh, but throughout that time frame, roughly about six to nine months into that deal, we really realized that all the things we didn't want, which kind of led us to ultimately what we did want, which was to do large multis, to live a truly passive lifestyle. And then the only way for us to be able to do that was syndication because negative $60,000, how do you invest in real estate with negative money? Uh, so we were going to need to utilize partnerships. We're going to need to utilize uh, other, other people's money, investors, and put all of the sweat equity grind and grit that I needed to put into it to get me to where I needed to be, dig myself out of this deep hole that we had put ourselves in. Thankfully, I didn't lose investors capital, right? It was just my money. So I learned all the hard lessons early on so that I could make sure that I utilized all of those experiences and lessons with other people's money, which is a much, much bigger deal um, to yeah. me and should be to sure. most right. Sure. So that was probably about three and a half, four years ago, we made the decision that large multis was what we wanted to get into. And then it took about two, two and a half years. If you fast forward two, two and a half years, I found a mentor 
I found my two business partners. We were analyzing gazillions of deals. We were writing a ton of offers, losing every single one of them, talking to all the brokers, doing all the networking, trying to just educate ourselves as much as we possibly can. And finally, two, two and a half years later, we closed our first deal. It's a 42 unit in Mobile, Alabama, in our little, little hometown here where two of us two of us live and the other one lives in Destin, Florida. Um, and then that was probably about 19 months ago today. So if you fast forward to today, we now have about $50 million asset center management, yeah. 650 units. That's awesome. We've got another 40 million under contract, probably comprising of another 300 plus some odd units. And our goal when we set out on this venture 19 months ago, when we closed the first one was to get a hundred million asset center management in the next three years. So we may just blow that out of the water in, in two years and I am pretty stoked about all that yeah, we've been able awesome. to accomplish just over yeah. the last 19 months. That's awesome. Congrats, man. I mean, that's really cool. I wanted to go back really quickly before um, we kind of shift here, but what is the, what was the biggest takeaway from that first loss that you and your wife went through? I think the biggest takeaway was that we didn't have clarity. Hmm. We didn't have the clarity yeah. that we needed to even make the investment. We made the investment on a whim thinking that was what we needed to pivot to, but we didn't really know what lifestyle we wanted to live. We didn't know how we were going to be able to live that lifestyle. We just figured, Hey, we want the benefits of owning real estate, right? Let's just buy real estate. No, not necessarily. We needed to be a little bit more calculated in our decision-making and then probably potentially partner with someone because we didn't really have the financial capacity to do it on our own as we quickly found out. Um, And so what we learned from that after going through six, nine, 12 months of being in the fourplex, quickly realizing it wasn't what we wanted and we were headed on a downward trajectory, my wife and I started going on what we now call our annual Vivid Vision Retreat, which is, it's different every year, unlike the timing of when we go. It's either at the end of the year or beginning of the year or something around that, that time frame. But uh, the first time we did it, we went to the mountains in Tennessee is before we had our daughter that we have now. So it was just just my wife and I, we just went there, disconnected, no Wi-Fi, not really a whole lot to do other than just this nice little exclusive whatever property, right, in the middle of nowhere. So we're able to spend a lot of time together outside of the daily minutia and everything that was going on around us and really focus on what it was that we were looking to do. And so it was kind of like a goal-setting retreat in a way. We called it our Vivid Vision Retreat because I had recently read the book Vivid Vision by Cameron Harold, which... I think changed everything for us, changed the entire trajectory of what we've done and what we do now. Um, And so once we were able to get really crystal clear about what we wanted and have a vision for how we kind of wanted our lives to look in the future, we were able to reverse engineer that and figure out what exactly did I need to do today to get us to that point, right? What do we, what niche do we need to be in? How many partners do we need? How hard do we need to work? How much money do we need to make? What do we need to do to live the lifestyle that we want to live? And that yeah. is ultimately, once we left that retreat, right? That's what, that was literally after that, that's what set me on the path to Man. multifamily. I love that. I wrote that down. I'm going to have to definitely get that book. Josh, one of the things that we've heard from a lot of real estate people that we've had on the show, they talk about, you know, we partnered with this guy, partnered with that guy. We just went and found a partner. We did this. You know, what is the kind of the strategy and how do you align when you find a partner? Because I know you talked about, one of the biggest things in real estate is, is networking. Obviously, your network, that's how you get all these different opportunities. But for you, whenever you're looking at a potential partner and you go, you know, that guy or gal, like, I know that one's going to work. What's kind of that that list or that that alignment that you have to find a partner? 
Well, I'll be honest. There's no turnkey way to do it. There's no right. easy, easy button that you push that finds you the best partner that matches your like your complementary skill sets. Right. Uh, it is getting out there. It is getting very uncomfortable and having the conversations with these different people that may or may not be able to potentially be your partner. And so for me, the way that I found my partners, I guess is the best way to explain this is my first partner, Reggie, who actually lives 45 minutes away from me in Gulf Shores, Alabama. Uh, and the funny thing is the way we met was bigger pockets. So I find yeah. it funny because it's like, we could have potentially never met. We live, but yet we live 45 minutes so away from each other. And the only reason that we did meet was because we met on an international website. Um, but Anyway, I saw that he was active in the area, active in single family, not multifamily, but I saw that he was trying to get out of the single family industry, liquidate and get in deeper into multifamily. And I had probably been diving deeper into multifamily for about six months to a year at that time frame. Um, so obviously not an expert by any means, but I had, I was starting to grow a network. I was starting to build these relationships with brokers and I had a somewhat of a, an understanding of how the larger multi stuff worked. Um, and so I was like, Hey, I see you're local. I'm local. So you want to get into multifamily? I'm in multifamily and you know, grab some coffee. And I actually don't drink coffee, but I know most people do. So I was like, you want to grab some coffee? Let's go grab some. And he's just reached, he messaged back and was like, sure, let's do it. So we meet up in this little coffee shop. And as soon as he walks in, I'm like, this dude's into physical fitness. This dude is, looks like a bodybuilder, literally walking in. I'm like, oh my gosh, this dude's huge. Uh, and so I've always been into physical fitness as well. So I knew we were going to connect on that, if nothing else. Mm -hmm. And then we start talking, find out he's been a bass guitar player for a while, Ooh, actually in, in a rock band. Of course, it's not like a band like a, this big band right it's just a little garage band he has with his buddies right. but in a rock band and i loved heavy metal being a drummer and i'm like oh this is just great we should just go jam out if nothing else it's going to be awesome and then diving deeper into the conversation of real estate and him wanting to liquidate his single family portfolio getting into multifamily, and then we left then we went our separate ways and i'm going to be honest i did not even put two and two together until two months later so we left didn't think anything of it Thought he was another cool dude to add to the portfolio, add to the contact list. And finally, two months later, I have a deal that looks like it's going to pencil. I'm all excited about it. Like, this is freaking awesome. Finally, a deal that looks like it makes sense. Well, how am I going to close it, right? I still don't have any money and I'm, I've learned a lot and I have a greater network of how I think I can tackle this, but I'm not going to be able to do it by myself. So start literally just pull my phone out, going through the contact list. Like, who can I call that's interested in a deal like this in this market at this time frame that I think would be a great partner, that I think is cool? And I come upon his name, Reggie Ross. And I'm like, yeah, I had a great I had a great chat with that dude. He's local. He might be interested. Let's give him a shout. So he was literally the first guy I called. Called him up. Hey, I, got this deal. I think it's got a pencil. Um, it's in such and such area. You know, so many units. Would you be interested in potentially partnering with me on this deal? Had no idea what that was going to look like. No idea what our skill sets were. We'd only just had the one conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, and he was like, yeah, let's do it. And so naturally wow. all half-witted, we just jumped into this thing thinking it was going to be a, a grand idea. And obviously it was, and it ended up panning out. But I never, right. it was no like smart way that we went about it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Uh, and of course that deal didn't end up, we didn't end up closing it. It fell through. Uh, but that was the sm small, simple beginning 
of our partnership cool. together, starting to quickly awesome. realize where we were best at with our skill sets yeah. as we were having more conversations and analyzing more deals now together, not individually. Thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast today. We cannot tell you how thankful we are for every single one of our listeners. And we genuinely want to know and learn about you a little bit more. So if you're interested, uh, maybe sending us a question or just saying, hey, or wanted to talk to us a little bit, please reach out to us at contact at laying-foundations.com. If you need, if you didn't hear that, didn't understand it, you can go in our show notes and just click on the link and write us an email. Please, we would absolutely love to hear from you. Seriously, me and Davis get excited every single time we get an email from one of our listeners. It, it, it genuinely makes our day. But if you want to find out a little bit more about us uh, via social media, Davis is going to tell you a little bit how to do that. Yeah, thanks, Walker. Guys, like Walker said, reach out to us any way you can. We appreciate feedback, whether you like it or not. You know, it helps us grow in any way. We're welcome. We're, we're here to listen. And whenever you guys tell us, we're going to try to implement that into our strategy. But how to get in contact with us on social media. We have a LinkedIn account called the Lang Foundations Podcast. We have uh, Walker, Walker Lott's LinkedIn profile. We have Davis Hambrick LinkedIn profile. We have a TikTok page called Lang.Foundations. We have an Instagram page, Lang Foundations. And then, you know, that's where we're at. These are all down in the in the show notes. But, guys, we just want to put this out there and – However you want to get in contact with us, we're, we're, we're imploring you, please just reach out to us. We'll respond. We'll get back to you. And we want to hear from you. That, that You're the reason, one of the reasons why we're doing this. We want to hear from you. We want to hear feedback. How can we grow and how can we get better? Because like we said before, um, receiving accountability and receiving feedback is one of our core values. And that defines Walker and I at our core. We want to hear your feedback. And we want to be, be held accountable.